You're listening to the Agony Column News Report, trashotroncom agony. News stories about al-Qaeda are an almost daily occurrence, but the story that connects the stories can be elusive. As he began writing The Last Refuge, Yemen, al-Qaeda, and America's War in Arabia, Gregory D. Johnson had to learn the difference between facts and story. It took a really long time to write, actually. It took about four years, and halfway through, I'd completed one draft, which was basically everything I knew about Yemen, and a friend who'd studied in Cairo with me read it and gave me a very good piece of advice. He said, there's a lot of information, there's a lot of knowledge here, but it's just not a story. It's not a very good book. So at that point, I sort of threw everything away and started over from scratch. I'm much more pleased with the result that I ended up with. Johnson tells his story by creating characters. In The Last Refuge, we meet a very different bin Laden than the man who has haunted our nation in the years after 9-11. Osama bin Laden, he was in the first Gulf War in 1990 and 91. This is, of course, after the jihad in Afghanistan. Bin Laden brought his men back to Saudi Arabia, and he wanted to be the one that the Saudis relied on in expelling Saddam Hussein from Kuwait and protecting Saudi Arabia's oil fields. And one of the princes essentially laughed at him and said, you need to shut up and know your place. What are you going to do when Saddam starts lobbing missiles at you? There's no caves to hide in in the desert. The Western perception did not consider that the Arab fighters in Afghanistan saw themselves as part of an ancient story. For the West, for the United States, when the Soviet Union invaded Afghanistan in in late 1979 and then going into the 1980s, this was part of the Cold War conflict. And so the U.S. was very happy to have these Arab volunteers who would come and fight. They saw this as a tradition going all the way back to the Prophet Muhammad 1,400 years earlier. That's really the foundation of where al-Qaeda itself comes from. Ali Abdullah Saleh spent more than 33 years as the ruler of Yemen. As created by Johnson, he's a fascinating character at the center of the last refuge. He often thought ruling Yemen is sort of dancing on the heads of snakes, that you could never really count on any one person or any one interest group for very long. And he was masterful at this. He was able to keep Yemen deeply divided. There are so many fascinating stories about how he would shell somebody with one hand, so to speak, and then embrace them with the other. And and that is really how he managed to rule first North Yemen and then after 1990, a unified Yemen. Johnson's story has an ending that, while in a sense incomplete, is both satisfying and frightening to read. The vast majority of the individuals that I talk about in the book are still alive. The bomb maker is still alive. The head of al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula is still alive. And just because we don't hear about them in media reports doesn't mean that they're not doing things on the ground in Yemen. In fact, the end of the book quotes a eulogy for one of the al-Qaeda leaders who's killed, who says that in the coming days, al-Qaeda will have a surprise for the United States. And so I know this is something that keeps people like John Brennan and President Obama very concerned and very worried and very focused on Yemen. Gregory D. Johnson's The Last Refuge, Yemen, Al-Qaeda, and America's War on Arabia is a perfect example of the importance of story when it comes to understanding the news. After reading the book, you'll find yourself connecting news stories and a bigger, less comforting vision of the world. With Time to Read, I'm Rick Kleffel. Find out more at agonycolumn.com. 
You're listening to the Agony Column News Report, trashotron.com slash agony.